Thank you for downloading the One Church Podsmead podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. To find out more about life at One Church, visit us online at thisisonechurch.com. Amazing. As it is in heaven, I thought the best place to start is where we left it last week. So uh, this is obviously from the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 9. So if we get up the Lord's Prayer, I'm going to have to look because I don't know what version I put in the PowerPoint. And uh, so, yeah, let's read this together. This is where we finished last week. And what a beautiful place to start week two. So our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. The ending is just, ah, it's incredible, isn't it? Yours is the kingdom, the power and glory forever. Amen. It's so good. And uh, I'll tell you how I'm going to finish this morning. It's by asking you to read the verse before the Lord's Prayer. Okay, so just before the Lord's Prayer, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. And he says, go, go away and find a, find a quiet place. And so how we're going to finish today is just for everyone, just in your week, go and read the Lord's Prayer. And read the bit before it that just says, go and find a quiet place where you're not going to be encouraged to perform it says where you're not going to be encouraged to act before God but where it's just you and God and you can be with your father and it's amazing I encourage you that every single amazing leader Christian leader Christian minister who's doing great works for God everyone that you look up to and admire has a quiet place where they pray with God and that's it that's as easy as it is Amazing. I'm just going to pray and then we're going to get into the word. Father God, I thank you that we are all able to be here together. And God, I really do pray that that you're with us this morning. God, that you speak to us through your word. God, that your grace, your favour and your blessing will be with us as we're together with you. And so God, be with us. Speak to every single person. Stir their hearts. And God, fill them with more of you more of your joy, more of your love, more of your goodness and your peace. And that we may leave this place full of you, ready to go and make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Beautiful. So last week, Anna kicked us off. And, uh, and, and these are just the main two points that I pulled out of it, which is just fantastic to look over again. She said that for God's kingdom to come to earth, it starts with you. It starts with you. And then we read in... In the Gospel of John, that we need to be in the world but not of the world, for we are citizens of heaven on earth. Citizens of heaven on earth. And I love how that talks about our identity and and where we choose to place that. You see, for God's kingdom to come and for God's will to be done, it first has to happen in you. And it happens in you so that it can happen through you. See, God's kingdom comes in you to work through you. And uh, the two bits that I want to pick up on, if we just move to the next slide, is just the the middle bit of the Lord's Prayer. You see, 
as it is in heaven is obviously the, the series title, and we get that from this scripture in Matthew 9. But your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what I really want to look at today is what it is for God's kingdom to come and what it is for God's will to be done. You see, kingdom, to me, it talks of sort of... Um, like, like our actions and how we conduct ourselves. And, and the best thing about a kingdom is that it has to have a king. Yeah. And, uh, and for it to have a king, we have to serve our king. And so do our actions and our, and our thoughts and the way we conduct ourselves represent that of the king we are serving. And I think it's a beautiful thought to think that we are part of a kingdom, yeah. a kingdom culture, where our culture is that of the kingdom we're a part of and uh, one of the best ways I thought to illustrate the kingdom of God and the culture and how we're meant to be in the world but not of the world is to just represent ourselves as a, as a team as sort of a, a football team if you want you can pick the analogy of a football team and if we're to be a football team we have our badge we have our shirt and we may have a home game where we play at our home ground and we know what we're a part of. The fans are cheering our name. It's got the banners everywhere. We know what team we're a part of. But every now and again, we're going to have an away game where no one's going to be cheering for us and everyone's going to be booing us. But we've still got the same shirt on. We still know what kingdom we're a part of. See, we're part of the team that we represent. And that's how I think of kingdom and kingdom culture. You see, we're meant to be in the world, but not of the world. And so when we're playing the away game, it may be tricky, but we still know what kingdom we're wearing on our chest. We still know what we're a part of. And that's how God's kingdom looks. And your will to be done. See, this just speaks about our heart so much for God's will to be our will. And, uh, it's beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. You see, you are the answer. I am the answer. Church is the answer. You know, you often go, for your, your kingdom to come, your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, how? Well, I'm an answer to that. You can be an answer to that. The church is an answer to that. And I, I believe that this church in Podsmead can be the answer to Podsmead's needs when we realise that we are individually responsible for God's kingdom to come in us and God's will to be done in us. And then this church can be the answer to all of the needs that it represents. It's a beautiful thought. You see, the church is a body made up of individuals. Your unique encounter and experience with Jesus is so needed for what someone else needs so needed for what someone else needs and you can view the church as, as an organization that does good gives to charity you can get a nice cup of tea you can come and sing some songs you can view it as an organization or you can view it as a body of Christ made up of individuals who love him who want to follow him who want to not necessarily change the world, but change my world, change the world that I live in for the better, for, to see his kingdom come, his will to be done in my world. Yes. Let it come through me. Yeah. 
God. And so we can view the church as an organisation or as a body of believers. You see, 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it talks about how the body of Christ is made up of us. It says, no, you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. And again, the scriptures all leading up to this describe the body of Christ as a body. And it says, is, is, the, is the hand more important to the foot? Can, can, that, can the hand say to the eye, I don't need you? And it says, no, we all have our part to play. We all have our role because we are the body of Christ. We are the church. And I want to encourage you today that the world needs the church more than ever. It really, really does. The church is the answer. And am I on about the building? Am I on about the organisation? No. I'm on about us. That we can be the answer when we take on the fact that God's kingdom has to come, God's will has to be done in us, on earth as it is in heaven, in us. Amazing. You see, the church should reflect the kingdom of God. You know, the church should just be the closest thing we can get to, to heaven. It should be the closest thing we can get to, to heaven. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited for the day that I get to be in heaven with my Saviour, where there's just no, oh, there's just like, there's no pain, there's no suffering, there is only, only joy and love and peace. Oh, my days, it's going to be incredible. When we have, we have moments on earth where, you know, like if you've been around church for a while, like the language is just sort of like heaven touching earth moments. And, and, and you know, I'm so glad that we get to be a part of this where we can experience some heaven touching earth type moments. But I just want it to be all the time. I, I really do. I want it to be all the time. I want my, all my every day just to be a heaven touching earth moment. And so like, I take that for me and I go, I go, okay, God, I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to seek your presence. Because a heaven touching earth moment is when you're just so, so in, in God's presence that you don't know anything else. All you know is his presence. Like Anna was saying about the fog this morning, all you can see is God's presence. You can't see anything else. You can't feel anything else other than his presence. And the church should reflect the kingdom of God. See, to the outside world, the church has become more known for what, it's, what, it, stands, what it doesn't stand for than what it does stand for. And this is really sad. The church has become more known for what it's against than what it's for. And growing up as, as a guy... Um, like, you know, when you go through your teenage years at school, they're like, hey, what's up with you? You don't swear. And I'm like, well, like, good, I hope my language reflects something better than what, you know, you say yours does, but you don't, you don't want to <laughs> pin it on them. But you're like, hey, what's up with you? Why don't you swear? Oh, go on, say it, say it. Just say, say that word. Go on, James, it'll be funny. And you grow up with this, and you're meant to be Countercultural, they say, hey, what's up with you? You don't believe in having sex before marriage. And we've become so known for what we're against 
that we're not knowing what we're actually for. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yes, I'm against that. But why? Because I'm for a love that is so pure and embracive that it's a safe environment for me to give that part. And so I'm not, I'm against that, but only because I'm for this. And we've become so known for what we're against that we need to be known what we're actually for. And so in your world, I encourage you, be the example that shows not what you're against, but shows what you're for. You see, if we're reflecting the kingdom of God properly, we shouldn't be reflecting, oh, I'm against that, in a, in a judgmental type way. Oh, I'm not sure about that. When we're reflecting the kingdom of God, we're like, hey, I love you. How are you? Hey, I saw this was going on. Are you okay? Because there's a root to everything. There's a root to everything. And the kingdom of God is meant to just embrace and love and fill people. And so we as a church, not us, the church, to the outside world has become so known for what we're against that we need to start being known for what we're for. We are for love. We are for people. We are for people doing well in the world. We are for people being blessed and being favoured and living the best lives that they can live. We're not about a set of rules. That's another one. We've become known for, hey, you're a Christian. That's a lot of rules to follow. No, 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 no. I, I have what, my Bible tells me I have one rule to follow. That the whole of the whole testament was fulfilled in one law, which is love. That, that God, I may know your ways, I may know your laws, that they may be on my heart. Well, when there's 613 in the Old Testament, that's quite hard. But when we get to the New Testament and we go, there's one rule, yeah. and it's to love. Yeah. Okay, I can do one. <laughs> I can do one rule. That's getting a bit more achievable now. And so have we become known for what we're for or against? Yeah. You see, when we're reflecting the kingdom of God... We need to be known for what we're for. Yeah. Come on, we're for love. Yeah. We're for joy. We're for peace. Yeah. We can do that through patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, yeah. gentleness and self-control. Yeah. One of like my the first is that I'm just loving at the moment is that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And ah, this is just like it's just on my heart at the moment, and I'm just asking God just to like. Get it more in my heart each day. That each day, God, just, just get it a bit more in there. Because oh, I, I need to know that. That is your kindness that leads yeah. to repentance. That's another thing we're for. Yeah. And so we're not about following rules. We've got one rule to follow. And that's just to love. And so as a church, we need to be known for what we're for. And the church is a body made up of individuals. And as individuals... We need to know that God's kingdom can come and God's will can be done in us. We are the answer. Amazing. As it is in heaven. Heaven touching earth moments. Amazing. I want this to get a bit practical now. Just look at how we actually do this in our, in our world, in our, uh, in our lives. You see, what's interesting... And I've explained this to um, 
a few sort of people who, who maybe just come and they've, they've got questions and they're like, oh, I'm not sure what to do in this situation. You know, the, the most common one is, oh, I'm not sure whether I should go to that, that party or I'm not sure if I should put myself in that place. I'm like, great that you're, you're aware enough to ask that question. Like, great, that's a good place to start. And the answer is, is really simple. And I say, is your culture strong enough to overcome the culture you're going to be placed in? You see, if, if the culture that you're going to be in, if the place that you're going to surround yourself in is stronger than your convictions, then you lose. If your convictions are stronger than where you're going, you can win. And this is where wisdom really comes into it. You see, my Bible tells me lots of things, but I'm going to pick up two today that I want to tell you. You see, uh, Jesus says in, in the Gospel of John again, in John 16, that you will face trouble. Okay, he tells me that. He also tells me in John 10, that he wants me to live life and life to the full. And in my head, these are opposing views. That I'm going to face trouble, but I'm going to live life and life to the full. Well, where, where do I fit in that? Where do I, where do I tend to lie? Where is my, where's like my medium where I'm going to walk down the middle? And if we carry on reading, Jesus says, You will face troubles, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. And then I go, okay, so your word says you will face troubles. Your word says I am meant to live life and life to the full. And your word also says, fear not, I have overcome the world. I'm like, okay, this is going to work. I see how I can do this. You see, if Jesus has overcome the world, to make sure our culture and our kingdom culture is strong enough to overcome the world's culture, we need more Jesus. We need to be full of Jesus. Jesus has overcome the world. He's done it. He's done it once. He's done it forever. Never to be done again. And we need to live in that each and every day. Jesus has won every victory we're ever going to need him to win. And our job is to live in that and bring that to the world who needs it. You see, if we're going back to the football analogy, if we're going to be the team that wins and is victorious, we need to be the team that is the stronger team, that we know what we're about. We've got our, our badge on our chest, and I know what I'm about. And if the team that we're playing, their culture is stronger than us, if they're, if they're more up for a fight than we are, we lose. But when we know what we're about, we win. We can win. Troubles may come, but I came that you may have life and life to the full. Take heart, fear not, for I have overcome the world. And that is how the kingdom of God looks. Fear not, I have overcome the world. I came that you may have life and life to the full. What are we for? What are we against? Are we, showing, are we reflecting the kingdom of God? Are we showing what we're for fully to a people who need to see, a people who need to know? And this is what it looks like to reflect the kingdom of God. If we go back to the, the second slide, your kingdom come, your will be done. 
want to just talk about God's will very quickly. There it is there, your kingdom come, your will be done. And we now know that, that God's kingdom on earth is meant to reflect the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. That, that through us, we reflect the kingdom of heaven to a world that needs it. And God's will to be done. I want to just talk about a man in the Bible quickly called David. And King David is described in Acts 13. This is what it says about him. This is amazing. This is God talking. They're quoting Old Testament here because this is in Acts. Um, but this is God talking about David. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. That's an incredible, incredible statement. You know, some statements in the Bible where, where God in, in the Old Testament or Jesus in the New Testament is talking about people just, uh, just blow my mind. You know, it says here, I have found a man who is after my own heart who will do everything that I ask of him. Another one is when Jesus is talking to, to the disciples and he just, he renames them. And he says, you were this, but you're now this. And I'm like, oh, to hear that from, from Jesus' own mouth, oh, I would just be incredible. It'd just be amazing. And then I think of like the worship song that we sing, Who You Say I Am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen. And, and oh, it, just, it all becomes real when you start to hear it in God's word. I love it. But to be known as a man after God's own heart. You see, God's will can only be known when your heart draws close to his heart. And so to know God's will, for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done, we first need to know his will. And we have to draw close to him each and every day. We can... We can spend time with him in worship in the morning. We can relax in the afternoon with, with God's word. We can pray and just enjoy some quiet time with him. We've got so many amazing ways of being with our God. He's so good to us. He meets us exactly where we are. And he's just so good. And we can draw close to him to know his will. I really want to encourage you today, church, that, that we, we are the difference. We are the answer. And for everyone to take this really individually and, and personally for themselves, that God's kingdom can come and God's will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and it, it is in us. It's in our hearts. And I want to encourage maybe some people who don't believe this. There's some incredible things in, in the Bible. God's word is just great. You know, in Jeremiah 18, it, there's this beautiful picture that describes God as, as, as a potter and us as a clay. And it describes us as, as God moulding us on this, on this potting wheel. And he's moulding us into, into a beautiful jar. And he's going to mould us into exactly what he wants us to be. You know, I'm, I'm amazed when I, watch, when I actually watch a potter, you know, and I'm just like... It's not possible what they do, is it? But they, they somehow do it. Yeah. And then to think of that imagery being God shaping us and shaping our lives. And I really want to encourage you that, that you can be exactly what and who God needs you to be to make a difference in this world. You really can. 
And I want to go one step further and say, actually, you already are that person. I really believe this. You, you already are that person. You see, if God is the potter, he's made you exactly who you already need to be. I really, really believe this. And then in Psalm 139, we hear that he made us in our mother's womb, that he knitted us together. And so the God of heaven who knew exactly what we were going to be, who we were going to be, it says he knew, he knows the words before they come out your mouth. He, he knitted us in our mother's wombs. He, he forms us on this potting wheel, two beautiful pictures. Why would he then make you not the way you're meant to be? You see, I firmly believe you're already exactly the way you're meant to be, church. And if you're lacking some confidence or lacking some strength or, or there's some insecurity in you, church, spend time with Jesus because you are exactly who he wants you to be. You really, really are. The God of heaven would not create you wrong. You are exactly the way you're meant to be. You really are. The tension, the reason we don't believe it, goes back to kingdom culture, okay? So if we, if we believe that, that the word of God is the inspired word of God that came out of his mouth to the prophets, and if we believe that God's word is actually God's word, then we have to believe Jeremiah 18 that says that we are formed, that God formed us as clay. We have to believe Psalm 139 that says that he knows all of our thoughts, all of our actions, all of our ways, and he says that he formed us in our mother's womb. We have to believe that. We have to believe that. The reason we don't, because we don't sometimes, do we? We don't think we're good enough sometimes. We don't think we're, we're able to do it. The reason we don't believe it sometimes is that we place our identity in the world's culture yeah. rather than in the kingdom culture. And this morning, that is my prayer, that we will, we will know that heaven really can touch earth that God's kingdom can come, his will can be done on earth as it is in heaven through us, in us, in our hearts, in our worlds. We can change the world by changing our world. It's no one's job to change the world. It's really, really not. But it's everyone's job to change their world. Okay? It's everyone's job to change their world. So I'm 25, we've got people in here that are younger, we've got people in here that are older, right? And so I'm, I'm 25, I've got at least 25 years of living in this tension between placing my identity in the world and placing my identity in the cross and, what, and everything Jesus has done for us. And so I've got, I've got 25 years worth of that. Some people have more, some people have less. Now I can have... I can let that continue for the rest of my days or I can make a choice and choose to place my identity in God's kingdom, in his kingdom culture where I say, God, I want heaven to touch earth in my life because I want my world to be different. I want my life to be different. We're going to finish now. and. Uh, 
I read this, well, I just had this thought earlier this week. And it's this, he said, this is when you're around people who are hungry for God, you become hungry for God. When you're around people who worship God, you start to realize how much you have to be thankful to God for. When you're around people who are full of faith, your faith starts to rise and it starts to bubble up in you because you're around people who are full of faith. And when you're around people who are filled with God's presence, you recognize, one, how valuable it is, two, how, how, much, how needed it, how necessary it actually is to your every day. We need to be full of God's presence, one, for ourselves, because we're either going to place our identity in the world's culture or in kingdom culture, and whichever one's stronger is going to win, right? Whatever one's stronger is going to win. The world's culture will overcome us unless our culture is strong enough to overcome the world. And we know that Jesus says, fear not for I have overcome the world. We need more of God's presence in our lives. God's presence is priceless. It says in the Bible that one day in your courts, O oh God, is better than a thousand elsewhere. Wow. One day in God's presence can be better than a thousand elsewhere. Why don't we go one step further? Why do you say one lifetime lived in God's presence? You see, if you enter into God's presence, why do I have to leave God's presence? He doesn't leave us. He doesn't leave us. And so I want to encourage you, church, to spend your days, spend your time seeking God, seeking his presence, seeking everything he has for you. Why? So that God's kingdom can come, so that his will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amazing. Hey, I'm going to pray for us. And I don't know where you're, you're at, whether you're feeling fighting fit, whether you're feeling like you need a big injection of God's presence this morning. I don't know whether you feel like your identity is strong in the kingdom of God or if you're more feeling familiar with the world that we're meant to be in but not of. And so, let's just pray. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you that it says that you have overcome the world, that everything we are ever going to face, you have already overcome, that when we are part of your kingdom, when we are part of your will, when we are living with you and working with you, that we are able to face absolutely anything this world has to throw at us. God, your word says that troubles may come our way, but you came to give us life and life to the full and that you have overcome the world. God, I pray that each and every one of us will seek your kingdom, will seek your presence, that your will can be done on earth through us being part of your kingdom, through us reflecting you in our worlds, to the people that we come into contact with, God, through our, through our schools, through our colleges, through our workplaces, through our families, through our friends, through every circle of influence we have. 
God, may we just be known for what we're for. That we are for people. We are for God. We are for love. We are for people to be blessed. People to just live an amazing, abundant, full life in you. In all of your goodness and your grace and your blessing. And Jesus, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honour. And we thank you that you are alive and living and working in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amazing. We, we read a psalm earlier, Psalm 24 from Julie. And uh, it's one of my favourite psalms at the moment just because one of my favourite songs is written from that psalm. Uh, which is maybe a backwards reason, but it's all good. And guys, we, it's, it's absolutely incredible. I'm going to read it again. It says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he formed it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in idols or swear by a false god. They will receive a blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Saviour. Such is the generation of those who seek him who seek your face God of Jacob lift up your heads you gates be lifted up you ancient doors that the king of glory may come in who is the king of glory the Lord stands uh, the Lord strong and mighty the Lord mighty in battle lift up your heads I love that lift up your heads there's a verse in Leviticus that, that says that God saved people from Egypt and he broke the yoke that allows you to walk upright and this this is just a big foreshadow right that verse in Leviticus is is what is of what Jesus is going to do for us okay so Egypt represents the world and the slavery and the bondage that we often find ourselves in and the breaking of the yoke represents what Jesus is going to do for us has done for us and when we recognize that, it says in Leviticus that, that we can lift our heads, exactly like it says in that psalm, and that God's, it allows us to actually carry the burden that God has, and that we can walk upright. Guys, I want to pray for people that, that you will understand that you can walk with your head held high in everything that God has for you, that we don't need to walk around or timid and unsure but we can know and be confident of our saviour and our Jesus who loves us and so with heads bowed and eyes closed if, if you can do what you want if you want to respond and you want to say yes that's for me go for it if you want to just respond and say I want to I want to know my Jesus know my saviour if you if you you can do whatever you want in this time but God I pray for all of us here now I thank you that you are with us. I thank you that your word speaks and is living and live and able to cut into our lives and cut into our hearts. 
God, I pray that we will be a body of people who realize we can have our heads held high living in what all you have done for us. God, that we can walk strongly and boldly because the veil has been torn and we can walk strongly and boldly into your presence. God, I thank you for all you have done for us. May we recognize how needed and vital your presence is to our everyday lives. And God, I know, I know, I know that you are faithful to meet us, to fill us, to be with us. In Jesus' name, we pray and thank you for this. Amen and amen. Amen.